You're listening to One Man and His Wilderness Podcast. On the show, we hope to not only give you a better understanding of how wilderness adventure shapes our belief and trust in Christ, but how it draws us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. On the show, you'll hear from leaders who are utilizing wilderness adventure to make disciples of young people around the world. So sit back and enjoy the perspective of one man in his wilderness. All right, guys, welcome to 2019. Yeah, that's so weird to say. Um, yeah, so the last time that I talked to you guys, I talked about wanting kind of a new direction in 2019 and just uh, what I wanted to do with that. And so I'm fulfilling my promise. And with this being the first week of, um, well, not really the first week, uh, the first full week of 2019, I wanted to jump right into it. Um, I think I was talking about wanting to do a series called Why Wilderness? You know, what what is it about wilderness that draws us in? What is it that is so special about it? Um, you know, some people would think that it's a, a just a good a good way to to go out and have fun and to draw people in, but you know, I want to I want to challenge your thought on that and challenge your theology on that and say that it's much more than that, that it's actually um, by God's design that it's how we get to know him. It's how we grow deeper in our faith. It's how we come to know his character uh, is by viewing his creation. Uh, And so to jump right into it today, this first, uh, first episode of 2019 and of the series, Why Wilderness? Uh, we're going to talk about the theology of creation. So to jump right into it, um, we're going to the story of creation. Genesis 1, Genesis Genesis 1, um, the whole first chapter, and then we're going to do a couple verses in, uh, in chapter 2. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in, and if you have a Bible, you can get it out and, and read along with me. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it here for you. So starting in verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and gathered waters, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vaults 
of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light to, on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water and the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will all be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So guys, um, there you go. There's the first chapter of Genesis. So if you're trying to start 2019 off by reading more scripture, there you go. Um, I want to mention, and I think it is pretty important to mention this in the first couple of verses, what we see. Um, you know, in verse 1 and 2, it speaks of how in the beginning everything was formless and empty and dark. The opening verses of Scripture shine the light on how God gives shape and brings fullness and brings light to that which He desires. Man, it speaks to the power of God to know that Christ was there during all of this too. Like it says in John one, is absolutely amazing. You know, let's let's get into the actual creation itself, and we're gonna we're gonna see exactly what God intends um, for us to get out of this by just kind of breaking it down into uh, day one through three. And then we're going to break it down into day four through six. And then the seventh day we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, just I, I thought it was very cool that 
you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Says the earth was formless, and empty, and darkness. Man, um, it, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that here in a little bit. So on day one, it says, "Let there be light," and there was light. Pretty simple, right? <laughs> he separated the light from darkness, but we know that he hadn't created the sun or the moon yet. So. Where did the light come from? We know that the whole earth was dark, right? That's the thing that most people miss is that God was the light. Out of his glory and his holiness and his righteousness, it lit up the dark without having, like God himself provided the light. Not the sun, not the moon, not the stars. He hadn't made those yet. It was his righteousness and his glory that brought light into the darkness. So that's the first thing that we need to recognize about this story of creation. And, and man, and what like how that just shines to his power and like shines a light, no pun intended, on his power and who God is. That he himself brings light into the darkness and, and lights it up. Man, that is uh, that is awesome. And that's praiseworthy. So um, a friend of mine. I'll give you a little saying here in a minute after we get to day three, but um, it's good for teaching your kids um, how to kind of remember the story of creation. So the first day he created light. And so day two, uh, God separated the waters and made the vault called the sky. This is verse six through eight. God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And he called the vault sky. So, and that was the second day. God made waters, right? Um, waters and sky. So he made two blue things. Pretty easy to remember. So for day one, God created the light. Day two, he separated the waters and made the vault called sky, and then the waters were below. So blue, pretty easy. Day three, God said, let all the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. God created the land with vegetation on it and plants and trees that bear fruit. That's verses 9 through 13. So God made land and vegetation and trees and plants. And you know, God created um, all of these things to bring um, form to what was formless. Right? We go back to the beginning. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. So, right here in the first three days, we see God address a couple things. The earth was dark. Well, God remedied that on the very first day by His righteous light shining into that darkness. Who God Himself was the light. Day two. God separated and made waters in the sky, right? Day three, he made land with trees and vegetation and grass and plants. He started bringing form to that which was formless. So you see, in the first three days of creation, God addresses the three problems that we see in verse two, of it being formless, empty, and dark. <laughs> And for those of you listeners that are that are teachers, maybe I want I want to I want to say this. Um, generally, when school starts back, you know, in the summer, my my son just actually went back to school today. 
uh, from his Christmas break. Um, he was really excited to go back and get back in. The first thing he said, though, he, I was like, are you excited to go to school? And he was like, yeah, but I really don't want to do math. And I'm like, you know, I really understand. I don't like math either. Um, <laughs> but today, you know, his teachers didn't just show up today as well. You know, they went back probably last week. Why? Why do teachers always go to school before the students? Well, they go to prepare their classroom, to write out their lesson plans, to, to make the classroom conducive to learning. You see where I'm going here? Yep. God's doing the same thing. He is setting up his classroom to make it conducive to learning, to point him, to point all of these examples and all of this, these ways that we can be educated to himself. So do you know what days four through six he's going to do? Yep, he God began to fill all that he created, starting with the first thing that he made, right? So day one and day four. So day one, he created light. If, if we were to start another column next to that, day four, guess what he began to fill? That which he created. So what did he do? He made lights in the vault of the sky. He made two great lights. The greater to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night. So he made the sun and the moon. And the, well, and the stars. But day one and day four are right next to each other. He begins filling all that he made. So guess what? Day five he does. If day one he created light, day two he made what? Remember light, blue, green? So blue, waters, and sky. What's he going to fill the waters and sky with? And on what day? Day five. Exactly. He filled the water with living creatures and let birds fill the skies. He created the great creatures of the sea and of the sky. That's verses 20 through 23. And day six. Where, where are we going here? You know what? What fills the land? Living creatures to live on the land. All kinds of wild animals according to their kinds. So God creates... And brings form to, creates land, light, water, sky. And then he begins to fill all that he made with even more examples that can point us to him as the creator of creation. So after God does all of these things in days one through six, at the end of day six, God then creates mankind. Enter the student. And he created us in his image to have dominion over all that he has created. He, he gave everything for us to have and to learn from. So, so where and how really do we start? Well, we start exactly where God finishes, right? What does he do on day seven? Our first day was God's last day. Day seven, God rested. And it's the same for us. We are to rest in him and to abide in him. And he will bear much fruit through us. John 15 talks about that. God set a standard for us to rest. And in a society and in a world today that really values, you know, hustle and entrepreneurship and getting out there and just really getting after it. You know, there's a, a guy that I listen to a lot named Gary Vaynerchuk. And he is all about the hustle. He's been, he's like, you know, you can, 
you can sleep when you die. He's all about hustle, hustle, hustle. Man, that in a world today that values that over rest, I mean, think about when you go to church or when you see somebody that you've not seen in a long time and you say, hey, man, how you been? And they're like, oh, busy. What do we say? We say, oh, that's good. But is it good? I don't think so. And, and I want to challenge your thinking to, to think it is not good that we're busy all the time. Because God set a standard for us to rest. That's the first thing that he sets aside as holy is the Sabbath, the day of rest. And we are to follow that example. As followers of God, how are we resting in him? How are we building time and rhythm into our chaotic and hectic lives to retreat to his classroom, to rest and to gain perspective and to spend time listening for his voice? Are you doing that? It's a healthy rhythm that we have to have. And Jesus modeled this pretty clearly. He had this model of uh, and this regular rhythm of work and retreat. Where as soon as he's baptized um, by John in the Jordan, what do we see him do? He retreats to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. And then immediately after this, this time in the wilderness, he enters right back in to the city, proclaiming what? Yet repent for your sins, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And continuing on, you see very regular times that before he's making a big decision, before he calls his, his um, apostles and designates them apostles, he retreats to a mountainside to spend time in prayer, the whole night in prayer. When he sends them across the lake, he climbed up on a high mountain and sent them across to the other side. That's where they encountered the storm. And Jesus comes walking across the water to calm it. Before big moments all throughout Scripture, there's this rhythm of retreat that God models for us and Jesus models for us um, that we that we see that is He uses to shape us and to shape our faith and our character and our trust in Him. Why? Because that's what creation is for—to point us to God. Romans talks about this pretty pretty clearly. Romans 1.19, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. We know that God doesn't want anybody to perish. And so that's why he gave us creation. Was so that it would point to him. And I forget where in scripture, but it, it talks about people, you know, they realize God. I, mean, I think it's actually just right after Romans um, 19 there. Um, let me find it really fast. And or Romans 119, sorry. It says that um, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. I mean, think about how many people you know today that 
you know, love to go out in nature and love to hike. I mean, think about the the, the counterculture movement movement of the seventies with hippies and stuff, right? They loved nature and they loved just the the spiritualness of nature, and they did not they did not claim that it was God. They just they just they traded that, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Number verse twenty two says, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. That's very much alive today. People talk about having spiritual experiences in the wilderness, but they refuse to acknowledge that it is God that provided them. Or they refuse to acknowledge that it is God that was calling to their hearts. And they want to exchange it for some some spiritual feeling or they want to chalk it up to some other idol and not give God the glory for it. It's a dangerous place. And we know that over time, God will give them over to their hardened hearts if they continue in that. And so that's where we come in. That's where it's our job as we are to be Disciple makers, Matthew 28, we're to go out into the nations and to make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all that he commanded us. And surely God will be with us, and Jesus will be with us to the end of time. How are we utilizing God's classroom? How are we utilizing his creation to point those that he gives us to lead to him and to his character Jesus did it. It's what God made it for, too. How are we doing that? We've exchanged the ultimate classroom for desks to sit behind and to to for podcasts. You know, I'm speaking. Hey, I'm right there. I'm on a podcast right now. But you know, this what I'm we're doing right now should not. Um, substitute for you getting out to God's classroom and, and listening for his voice yourself. You should not listen to everything I say. You should test it against the scriptures. You should go out and, and, and experience God firsthand through that which he has made so that you wouldn't have an excuse not to know. And I hope that that's what you'll do. I hope that you're challenged by this because God has created this for you to know him more intimately. Jesus didn't just use parables because it was clever. He used it because it was that which surrounded the people he was teaching. Jesus taught most of his lessons and most of the time in the outdoors. Why? Not because they didn't have cities or buildings to be in. It's because that is where you can have tangible lessons. That's why God created it, is to look at it and see. And acknowledge God for who he is through that which he has made. Not that you should worship the trees. No, absolutely not. That's idolatry. The tree was made for you to look at and say, wow, God, you are so good. This tree doesn't do anything. And yet you clothe it, you feed it, you supply it. It's Matthew 7 or 8 that talks about the lilies of the field. They don't labor and toil in vain, but look at how, how, how well they're clothed. 
Guys, I hope that you will look at this from a different perspective. I hope it's challenged your thinking. I hope it's challenged you to, to get outside and spend more time in his creation. You know, that is one of the, oh, that is a spiritual discipline, solitude. To spend time just meditating on God's word in solitude, much like Jesus often did, so that you can gain a new perspective, that you can hear his voice clearly in the gentle breeze, that you can worship him because of the magnitude of what he has made makes you realize how small that you really are. But yet how small you are and the God that made everything that you see around you, the mountains, the the redwood trees, that you are valued much more than they. And that as you look out onto a glorious sunrise or sunset from high on a mountain, that you can rest easily knowing Man, God values you so much more than all of that beauty out there. Because you're made in His image. So rest in that. So guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just kind of breaking it down and and getting to the root of why wilderness. Uh, And I hope you will join uh, for more episodes. I think next week we're going to try to talk about, you know, wilderness in the Old Testament. What did that look like? You know, we also we all know Moses spent a lot of time in the desert. Um, but wilderness, that word wilderness, we're going to get to the Greek. We're, I mean, we're going to really dive into it, okay? Because um, I think it's important for us to know. Um, and my belly's growling. I don't know if you heard that or not. But So I think it's time for lunch. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I'm so glad that you guys joined us. And if you haven't had a chance yet, um, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're on, Apple, Google, Spotify, on whatever you're on, just give me a subscribe. Um, that that really encourages me to know that people want to listen and are listening. Uh, and if you do have time, leave me a, re- a review because I love to hear your, your thoughts and I love uh, just getting your feedback. Um, and also, um, share. That's the easiest thing you can do, share. Share with your friends. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard today or ever on this podcast, share it with somebody because then that's one more person that is heard and can be encouraged. So, guys, thank you so much. Um, next couple months, we're going to have some guests on the show. Woot, woot. That was not a very exciting. Woot, 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 woot. There we go. I don't even know if that was any better. But um, <laughs> we're going to have some guests on the show, um, some, some that are very dear friends of mine, some that I haven't even ever met. Um, just kind of the way that God works through things um, have kind of reached out to me and expressed an interest in being on the show. So it's really cool that um, that this topic is not just something that I'm passionate about, you know, um, because it's not because I, it, it is how God works through all things. So I'm very excited about that. So you'll definitely want to tune in for those uh, probably come February. I uh, I will be leaving actually for Ecuador February 6th through the 16th. Uh, I'm going to spend some time down there, you know, teaching what I talk about on this show and talk about um, just working with some leaders and, and forming longer, long-term relationships with these guys and um, just just pouring into these guys and pointing them to Christ and to an abiding, rooted relationship with Him and uh, just to encourage them to get out and, and you know, 
care for students in their communities and uh, just going out and doing my best to, to steward the gifts and the talents that God's given me and to walk in a manner worthy of what he has called me to walk. Um, so that's coming up February 6th. And hey, you know, if uh, I, I would love for you guys to pray about that, to pray for me for during that trip, to pray for me um, just as a as during my time teaching and then in the conversations that I'm going to have with some of these leaders, um, just that God would just prepare hearts for that to hear, you know, what he wants to speak to us and that we would be challenged and, and changed from that experience. Uh, and if you'd like to play a part in that, there's a, a, a link uh, should be in the show notes to where you can support this podcast. Um, Anchor does get a small percentage of that, but it's okay because I they give they let me utilize their platform for free, so I'm okay with them taking a small percentage of what gifts you you choose to give. But if you would like to partner with me in that, it's a great way and a really easy way to do so, right there through the through the link on the show, uh, and I would definitely and sincerely appreciate that. You know, I am uh, I'm looking for for people that want to join in this with me and want to partner with me to change lives. Not here, just where I live, but around the world. So that's a really cool way that you could play a part. And it also allows me to make more episodes of the show. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your time. Uh, and yeah, just I hope you guys have a, a good rest of your week this week. And until next time, I will see you later. Thanks for listening to today's show, everybody. There's three things you can do if you enjoy the show. Number one, subscribe. We don't want you to miss any shows that we put out, and that's the easiest way to do so. Number two, leave us a review on the podcasting platform in which you're listening to this on. It just helps give us some feedback as to what you like about the show and helps others as well. And the third thing, share, because you never know who needs to hear the perspective of one man in his wilderness.